Hello, and welcome to the Geekiest Podcast, where we sit around and talk to our friends about all things geeky, all the while giving each other geek points to determine who is the geekiest. Welcome to the Geekiest. I'm Joseph. My pronouns are he and him. Hey there, I'm Kayla, and my pronouns are she, her. Hello, I am uh, the guest, Blythe Kala, and my pronouns are she, her. Welcome, Blythe. Hi, Blythe. I'm super excited to be here. This is, yeah. sounds like a super fun podcast. We try. We are super excited to have you here. Uh, Blythe is, she's one of those people who has so many slashes in what she's done and doing that uh directing producing writing hosting video editing photography wrangling cats uh, i mean coordinating productions i was right the first time it's cat wrangling (laughs) it really is (laughs) uh you you have done just about everything and becoming a full-time content producing human being so Thank you for being on and finding the time to, to talk with us. Yeah, no, I, uh, I'm i super excited to be here. I was super happy that you asked. Uh, and yeah, so many of my jobs have been like, just do 20 things to get the project made. And I'm like, all right, guess I'm doing all of this now. <laughs> I do all the things. It's really common in new media because you have a lot of like smaller staffed places. So it's just kind of like, have you ever wanted to direct? You're getting to direct today. Like, mm-hmm. just learn how to do it. It's really fun, though, because it means you kind of learn what you do and don't like and the fields you want to work towards a bit more and hone. And it's it's very fun and very rewarding. And it, I've learned a lot of different skills, which is why I've done so many different things. And I'm very excited because I have some things that I've directed that are hopefully going to they're in the editing process. So hopefully they're coming out soon. And I'm, I'm very, very excited with where things have gone. And I've been at like Nerdist and Geek and Sundry and IGN and Microsoft and all these places at this point. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, it's very cool and very small world. I keep running into the same people. Like the other day I was like, I saw, I got an email and I was like, oh my God, I know that person. And now they're at a completely different company, completely unrelated to what we were doing. It's <laughs> funny. But I was just I like, can't- hello. It's kind of akin to like old world ensemble theater. Oh yeah, 100%. Everyone knows everyone and you never know who you're going to cross paths with again and uh, kind of hope you liked each other because there's a good chance you have to at least Zoom call at some point. That that helps, you know. It's, it's at least have a, a cordial relationship. <laughs> don't do not do not be enemies because you will have to you will have to see that enemy again or do i don't know i don't know your life you if you want to have a rival if you want to go like this is the gary to your ash for some reason you can i don't know why you want that but like go ahead (laughs) okay right i mean you know sometimes people need that kind of motivation that's also a geek point by the way um But, I didn't even think about it. Is the funniest part to me? Uh, oh, believe me, we do it too. We do, the stuff just falls out of your mouth because you live it, you know, oh, and yeah. you're constantly in it, and you just say stuff and go, "Wow, that was a really geeky reference," and I just didn't even think about it. But 
half so. of my job is that. Like a lot of the places that have continued to hire me are because of just like the weird stuff I know. <laughs> That's You're just that's, like, all right, sure. Yeah, you know it. Or like you can learn it in 10 minutes. Cool. Yeah. You're going to yeah. get the job. That's how your <laughs> resume is. I can probably learn all of this in 10 minutes. And I already know all of this. Like, <laughs> I really wish Google Foo was a good skill you could put on resumes. Like, right? I'm a really good Googler. I'll figure it out. It's fine. <laughs> yep. Yep. That needs to be on Joe's resume, too. He's He is very good at Google Foo. <laughs> how is that i also want to be able to figure out how to work being a dungeon master onto a resume because seriously the amount of skill that it takes it's people management it's all 100 percent leadership and people management i mean you are literally it's not just wrangling cats it's wrangling like 500 kittens in the in the realm of like six people mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. ah so you so you you know my party <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I know them well. No, I, yeah. <laughs> I've started DMing because that was not something. I was always a little bit afraid. And now I'm I'm realizing I feel really bad for every DM I've ever had. <laughs> we actually have on uh, on the Not Safe for Wizards Discord, we have a bunch of little gifts that one of our guys has made. And one of them is literally, sorry, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> we're always throwing something at him and just, sorry, Joe. You know? Yeah, and I'm one of those players who likes to really cleverly get myself out of any combat if possible. So my DM is always like, really, Blythe? Really? I'm like, well, I rolled a 20, so you have to let me. <laughs> like, I have, a, I have a player like that in my group, too. She tries to make friends with everything. I don't care what it is. She wants to make friends with it. <laughs> I mean, listen, the day that I make friends with a dragon and uh, can like ride a dragon around, I'm going to do it. There you go. It's gonna happen. Life goals, man. Yeah, no. I've had a dire that... wolf. Now oh. I want a dragon. Nice. Yeah, it, it's it's more of the that's a zombie. Well, maybe it's a nice zombie. No, no, no. It's a zombie. There, this is not. I mean, I guess you could do like an eye zombie campaign and then make them sentient if you want. That, that would be, be fun. That would be murder mystery. <laughs> you have to eat brains and oh I, I just came up with a really good idea for a campaign there we go <laughs> <laughs> also a geek point <laughs> I mean come uh, on you have to eat brains and assume new personalities like to solve the mysteries like that would be a really fun role play exercise so that just, really would I, I was I was I, I just got an idea for a uh, a, a zombie lineage uh, you know where, where when you eat the brain when you eat the brains of somebody you gain it you know a skill proficiency for 24 hours or whatever oh, that would be like that. oh no i think it got retconned there was um when one of the unearthed arcana skill sets for the rogues yes. uh it's not it, it's not there anymore but it was like the revived and you could kind of like every long rest i think you could get new proficiencies yeah uh but they changed it to like the phantom and it's not as cool grumble <laughs> So one of the things that we always like to ask our guests, um, speaking of D&D, is uh, we love to talk about your origin story. How did you become, where did it start, the, the, the wonderful, beautiful geek that you are? How did that all begin? So I didn't really have a choice, is really the answer. Um, <laughs> we both get that of a lot. Parents, well, both of my parents are really geeky. Uh, and r- my dad loved Star Wars. My mom was raised on Star Trek with her grand or with her dad, my grandfather. 
And I used to watch Star Trek, the original series on the couch with my grandpa eating popcorn and eating ice cream. Like, I never really had a, it was like, I never had a choice. It was just, it was always around me. But I could have said, you know, I hate this and I don't like it, but it really resonated with me. I think one of the earliest memories of having like seen a movie was Empire Strikes Back. I was Mm. probably like, I was a toddler. I couldn't even read the opening scroll. I had no idea what it said. My parents had to read it to me and explain. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, it's kind of like ingrained in my being. We went to the Star Wars Midnight premiere when I was like six of The Phantom Menace. Uh, Every Harry Potter movie we were at the Midnight premiere. Every book release that I could go to. So it was just five through seven, sadly. But we went to every Midnight book release for those. We dressed up. We, you know... I waited in line for Avengers. Like we did every one of these like big things. We saw every Spider-Man movie in the theaters, Lord of the Rings. I went to the midnight premieres for, even though I was only like, I think it was only like 11 when Return of the King came out, <laughs> but we went and we, uh, my mom bought me the DVDs for like Valentine's day presents or whatever present she could get me. So we had those. And then we got her the extended editions. Like Aww. it's just such a family experience. We've always been, super into these things like my mom's a big fantasy like big big fantasy fan she loves R.A. Salvatore she read all the Drist books and so I grew up on those and when I played Baldur's Gate with her and my dad we would like speed run it uh on the specifically Dark Alliance so if you you could do you had to beat it on expert and so we turned on like we turned on the cheat for like god mode or whatever and beat it on expert and then you unlocked a secret level that would get you Drist and you had to beat that a couple times, then you would get his rival Artemis as a playable character. So then you could play Drist and Artemis in Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance on PS2. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, <laughs> so if you want to talk deep cut nerd weirdness, uh, we That's... and we like spent entire days doing this and we would just like play because it was a multiplayer game. So we would play this a lot. Uh, and my dad was super into comics. He loved Wolverine. So the Wolverine resurgence for him was super fun. Very um, cool. Yeah. I There's no like beginning. It's just <laughs> always been this way, honestly. It was a little bit of a shame at times growing up because there were like in high school, I got really quiet about my Star Wars love, which anyone who follows me on Twitter knows that I am not quiet about that now. <laughs> but in high school, like I dealt with some people who didn't like that I liked the prequels. And Aww. so they were like really mean about my opinion. So I just kind of got really quiet about it, despite the fact that I was also spending every summer on Wikipedia becoming like a Star Wars anthropologist low key. Nice. Which none of that matters now because this was all pre canon. So now I have to restart my journey with Disney canon, which is fine. But there's a lot less information now on the different species and a lot of it like. There's a lot of stuff that's not canon anymore. You know, but I would do that. <laughs> I kind of like to think of it as like alternate universes. Like they it both is. exist. <laughs> well, and I don't actually have any issues with it. I actually really like the Disney canon. So I have I have no complaints because it was kind of sloppy and messy before. And now there's a nice little organization. And I really like seeing how they bring things back into canon and how they work it in. So I don't actually have any issues with the fact that Disney was like, okay, no, we're going to we're going to restructure a little and I do think in some ways people might be mad at me for saying this, but I do think in some ways it has helped organize the universe a little. Now that's really really refreshing to hear. Um we do, you know, we're a little bit older 
and we grew up we us going to movie theaters to see the movies and the midnight showings and things like that was the originals and which i'm jealous of (laughs) (laughs) i had geek parents too and so did joe to a certain degree Uh, yeah i i know we've saw uh the original star wars multiple times including at the uh the old uh drive-in Oh, Star Wars at the drive-in. God, that sounds so cool. I never got to see it at the drive-in. My parents were weird about drive-ins. But, <laughs> you know, it's it's refreshing to hear that there is someone that can love the old stuff and still accept and see the value in the new stuff. Because a lot of people our age can't handle change, you know. And I remember even myself uh, when the prequels came out and... and uh, and then they, you know, when they extended things, I, you know, grew up on the originals, grew up on, you know, a lot of the original books and things like that. And there were things that I wanted to see, things from the original canon, from the books and things like that, that I wanted to see that kind of got cut out. And at first I was a little upset, but then you kind of got to stop and take that step back and go, okay, this is, this is cool. This is keeping this legacy alive and continuing to keep something that I love alive and going. And, and yeah. I- oh, go ahead. And I was gonna—I uh, was just gonna add, like, especially with the old extended universe, there, there was a a sloppiness to it because there was no, there was no uh, like keeper of lore to make sure that everybody was on pretty much the same page. I mean, I know there's the story that when uh, Timothy Zahn went to sit down to start doing the Heir to the Empire series, and he asked, "Okay, what's what's in the universe?" and uh, Lucas gave him the West End Games uh, books, and he's like, here, here's here's source material. Um, <laughs> I had not but, heard that. Yeah. Mm. Um, but but what gets me, though, is, and, and from, I listened to a couple, I listened to this podcast called Exp- The Expounded Universe, um, and uh, a couple guys, uh, the guys behind System Mastery podcast, they read through some of the, expound- uh, the Expanded Universe uh, books, and one of the things they noticed, like, you know, when you look into it, like, these authors basically had to agree that you couldn't kill Han, Luke, Leia, or Chewbacca. You pretty much couldn't kill any of the core characters. So they would always, you know, these authors would always make, like, analogs to Han or Luke or whatever that they could then torture and kill. Oh, wow. That is... That's kind of wild to me. I do know Lucas. There was like certain things Lucas didn't want authors to touch that all like they still did, but Lucas didn't want people to touch the clones. Like he didn't actually want any of the prequel information out there because he kind of low key always knew when the when he thought the technology was right that he would make them. He mm-hmm. always wanted to make them. Yeah. So I and I do know that some of the expanded universe did touch on the clones, and that's where you get what is it, clone madness. Um Oh, where yeah, it's we're... Like it, the clone is defective and they kind of go crazy a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that was like because uh, was it the, the Dark Horse was it the Dark Horse comics did the uh, where like they discovered the uh, the the, um, the 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 Emperor's clone and then I think in the Timothy Zahn books there was like clones of other Jedi's and you could tell they were clones because there was always like an extra vowel in their name or something. It was yeah, and Lucas really didn't want people touching on that. I think. In a lot of ways, Lucas actually did want what Disney did, which was kind of finally getting the lock on the canon. Because I do I do have a friend who was offered the job of Keeper of Lore a long time ago. He didn't take it, and someone else eventually took it. But um, 
like so they were definitely looking into finding this kind of way to organize everything and get it in a way that made sense uh because yeah like the expanded universe has a lot of cool concepts which is why i love what i actually like what disney's doing because thrawn is a really cool character Mm-hmm. I really love how they used him in Rebels. Like, yeah. lo- I, I also love Rebels. Like, I love yeah. Rebels. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't um, but- sure about Rebels, and then I like it, the idea. Is like uh, another show based around a teenager, and then I watched it, and um, I would like to apologize to 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 the to the part of me that held the, held myself back from watching it because oh my god, it was so good. So I really Rebels to me was kind of a perfect little Star Wars show just because of I liked that it didn't really involve characters we knew. I liked that they were all new. I liked it showing re- the re- like the rebellion on a ground level. Mm-hmm. I I love it. I love that show. It reminds me a lot of Avatar the Last Airbender, which was kind of a like a pinnacle of cartoons for a long time for me. And seeing what Dave Filoni took from that cuz he was work he worked on Avatar the Last Airbender yep. as a director. So seeing him kind of clearly take some of the storytelling elements and things he loved from that and bring them over to a show that is in a universe he loves, it's, I mean, Rebels feels like his baby, in my opinion. I don't know if that's true, but it, based on what I know of his style and interviews I've seen, it seems like it's a thing that he really lovingly crafted and it shows. Mm-hmm. It, so, it, it, when you hear him talk about it, when he does interviews and he talks about it, you can see it. You can see that love. Yeah. You know, and, and, and he he emotes so much when he talks about his projects, when he talks about he's what he's doing. Like, you know, if you watch gallery, you know, sitting down and watching him just throw it out on the table and kind of just gush about the things that he loves about Star Wars. That man has so much emotion. It is I so incredible it. to watch. I loved that moment, too, especially because like I was talking about earlier with the fact that I got kind of quiet on my Star Wars love for so long, partly, I mean, part of it was I was a woman in the space, so that always comes with a little bit of a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, but part of it was the prequel thing, and then him talking about kind of the importance of the prequels and the importance of Qui-Gon Jinn. It just made me feel a bit seen as a Star Wars fan and feel like, oh, thank God, someone who is making Star Wars now sees the value in these movies, even if they're not perfect. And that just made me feel really happy. And that was kind of when I think I started getting a little bit more vocal <laughs> good good i'm glad you spoke up <laughs> i mean I, I i've gotten more proud of my geekiness over the years of my journey and producing and stuff but in because i'm originally from florida uh-huh. uh, I, have, <laughs> I had the experience of going to some well-known comic shops in orlando and if i didn't go with a man i would get like followed yeah. and it what? was like yeah, because they wouldn't believe that I was there to buy it. Like, they didn't believe I was interested in it. So they would, like, follow me. And then their recommendations were always really strange or, like, geared to the idea that I'm a girl. And there's nothing wrong with comics geared towards women. But it was like, no, I'm here for Astonishing X-Men because I'm a big Whedon fan and love Buffy. And I, I wanted to read his run of X-Men. And they're like, oh, you want, like, a real thing? And I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> Like, I don't know why you think I'm here. Oh my god, that's oh. really crazy. That that stuff like that. I mean, um, <laughs> I'm not gonna get up on the soapbox. I'm not gonna get up on the soapbox. <laughs> hey, Kayla, why don't you get up on your soapbox? Arr! 
I mean, I, I have I, a universal I, story that might make you want to get up there even more. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Tell me, tell me. <laughs> I went, so I'm, I worked at Universal Orlando. That was like my first real job. I was working at the Wizarding World, uh, specifically requested that I be there. They were like, oh, you wow. could take a better paid job in another area of the park. And I was like, nope, Wizarding World of Harry Potter. That's a key point. Uh, <laughs> I, so I took it and um, I was doing a special event where people, it was like rented out for some company. And this guy walks up to me. He's wearing an X-Men shirt and I'm serving butterbeer. So I have to talk to him. Right. And I'm like, oh, I, I'm pouring his butterbeer. I really like your X-Men shirt. And he just goes, oh, so, uh what do you know about like House of M? And I was like, at the time, hadn't read House of M. I was still working my way through Cable and Deadpool, which does connect to House of M. And I was just kind of like on the spot, like, uh, bro, I'm working and just take your butterbeer. <laughs> like, I didn't know what to say or do because he went immediately into the quizzing me mode of like, oh, if you like X-Men, well, do you know about this thing? Like, and I was just uh. like... I just wanted to, I just needed a conversation while I pour this for you. And he had like four that he ordered. So it wasn't like I was just pouring one. Oh my goodness. (laughs) You know, we get marginalized enough as geeks. And then we're gonna... Oh, sure, gatekeeper. Mm, Makes me so mad. It's like, we have to fight for so much for the love and i mean like in the last just year things have turned around so much year year and a half things have turned around so much as far as like being accepted and we're almost i mean i remember talking about in the beginning of uh, of the geekiest we're the cool kids now you know things have turned around but at the same time there are still these people out there that want to gatekeep and want to you know not see that women are just as legitimately fans as men or you know whatever it is or or judge you by the generation of whatever it is that you love and it's like come on guys we got enough to fight for you know yeah. <laughs> I, i've never understood it cuz i'm like i thought you would want me or like people around like you thought you would want more people into your thing and i i mean i admit i'm a little bit guilty of it when i was because of the because of that experience there were a couple times where i was like oh are you really and i was like that's not cool i shouldn't do that and i I grew out of it pretty quickly but i remember learning that because i grew up in this world and i remember thinking that that was what i had to do and i'm like that's not cool we should just all be friends and like star wars has been popular i mean literally (laughs) what 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 it was the 40th anniversary of empire strikes back that just happened yeah last year like yeah 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 it's unpopular for over 40 years 1977 first star wars comes out and you know box office smash there have been fans for that long so yeah yeah. it's and that's the funny thing is that it's a household name there's there are there's probably maybe what a handful of people in the world that don't at least know that Star Wars and Star Trek, for that matter, exist. You yeah. Know? Like, so what exactly are we gatekeeping anymore? Knock that shit off. Like, <laughs> I've never. I just. I don't get it, and especially with Star Wars or even Harry Potter. Even I'm like, these are household names, and they were kind of stone. Like for me, they were like cornerstones. If I could talk to you about Star Wars, we could be friends on some level or Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings. It wasn't like I was picking niche fandoms. I'm like, I'm not asking them to talk about the X-Files, which most people my age haven't watched. (laughs) Like, 
I got to go to the, I was like, I got to go to my 40 something friends for that conversation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or like, I'm not forcing people to talk about the gay robots in Transformers more than meets the eye by James Roberts. Like I'm not doing that. <laughs> like, no, I'm, you're just earning geek points from the 40 year olds over here. <laughs> <laughs> I have too many deep cuts. That's also, if you haven't read that run from IDW, it's like, I'm not actually a Transformers fan. I'm a fan of that. Okay. Like that specifically because it's some of the best, like timey wimey doctor who writing ever. And it's in a Transformers comic. It's also super amazing queer representation. That's fair. And like, including like they have a couple trans characters too. Like it's not just, I'm like, why did a robots comic do better from like 2012 do better than most media ever does? I'm <laughs> going so- to have to go back and find that. I was yeah, not aware of that one. I just was putting this on the list of things to try to find. <laughs> it's a very <laughs> long list. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's specifically like James Roberts, IDW, Transformers, More Than Meets the Eye. And I think eventually it branches off into Lost Light is like the next series. Um, but it's it's just amazing, and the, he's such an amazing writer, and I really hope he gets to write Doctor Who now that uh, I think they're going to be starting up again. I, I'm just like, let him write it. He would do an amazing job. He's like the best of Russell T. Davies and Stephen Moffat in one person. Just take him. <laughs> there take you him. go. <laughs> the, uh, the, the petition has officially been put out there. <laughs> yeah, for real. I'm like, here it is on this podcast. I'm there we go. James Roberts to write Doctor Who. <laughs> whether he wants to or not (laughs) i mean his twitter implies he does (laughs) well there you go there you go no arguments there especially if he's interested just give him the job already you know (laughs) according to his twitter i think it's like one of his favorites so i'm just like give this british man a job it's fine it's all good we know you only have like 12 british writers and actors anyway (laughs) you can add more that's funny oh my goodness so so you were like us doomed to geekdom yep and (laughs) (laughs) you know but it's not it's not doomed it's it's you were you were uh the heir to the throne (laughs) and the scepter of of geekdom um and what brought you into being part of the part of this world um (laughs) being part of this production world and kind of really i mean you said you were working at universal um was that what's the timeline okay so i i'm originally from florida and i have known that i wanted to work in movies since i was five i was watching edward scissorhands one day and i was just like i love this i heckin love this i want to make movies um that's that's basically what happened and then Waff started acting in, you know, acting camps and doing other things like that. Because as a kid, you don't really know, you know, directors, you know, writers, you know, animators are a thing maybe. And you know, uh, acting is a thing. So you don't really know what your options are for making movies. So I started acting and I adore it. It's super fun, which is why I host and act still. There and then go. I started working at Universal as like a summer job because I needed to make rent and pay for things during college. So I started working there. And then one day, uh, my cousin in Oregon was like, hey, do you want to move to Oregon? And my mom and I were like, let's do it. Let's move to Oregon. And then my aunt, my cousin was like, LOL, I'm moving back to Florida. 
oh geez and we were like wait we've already bought all this stuff <laughs> and then my aunt was like why don't you move to california i have she was like oh, have to, i have to find a new place so move to california and i was like all right i'm gonna move to california and i'm going to start figuring out my dream like i'm gonna figure out how to make this work and in 2011 i'd met a producer for g4 tv and he took me on a tour of the studios i got to watch a taping of attack of the show um and i was like this is super awesome and i hit him up when i moved out here because he told me i could and he was just like i have an internship for you so i got an internship working for kevin Pereira in the attack and then from there that turned into a full-time job with lionsgate when they were trying to do their whole comic-con hq thing Uh Uh, so we made shows for them and then that ended and i moved on from there and just kind of in 2016 i was able to quit my job at hard rock which is where i was working and i was able to be like start working in production full-time and start just started doing that and freelancing and doing whatever i had to do after that job after the attack ended so i went to geek and sundry and then i went to ign and then the friend from g4 started working at um microsoft so he got me some jobs for e3 like that just kind of spiraled into hey you've always wanted to do this so here you are and you're good at it so keep doing it and i haven't had to go back to like retail or food service since so somebody likes me (laughs) Uh, but yeah like i just kind of i'd always wanted to do it and um currently i'm figuring out how to get a little more into tv side of things because i definitely do want to you know work on more narrative and also star wars hire me like let's be real (laughs) um hello hello (laughs) lucasfilm call me no uh but i i i love it i i love it more than anything it's so much fun to do and you get to do so many weird things like so much of a producer's job is like what needs doing which is why i've been a producer writer producer director like i've done kind of everything on set because so much of a producer is just making sure things get done people are always like what do you do as a producer and i'm like well it depends because some people are money producers, so they throw money at projects and get them made. Some people are creative producers. So they come up with creative content and they kind of line up what's going to happen. Like, it all depends. I'm a little bit more on the creative side. I don't really do the throw money at things because, well, I don't make that much money. Let's be real. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, I, I just love what I do and I love working in entertainment. <laughs> that is really outstanding. It sounds like you are on a track to do some really really and you already have done some really incredible things it's and it's it's i have to say it is incredible and so good to see a woman really making it in this field and so much the more and more we're seeing that you know and it's it makes me happy you know not that i don't want men to succeed it's equality and all of that jazz but it's good to see that equality happening listen we've been running the show for a long time i think I, I think we've had our we've had our run. Uh, so I mean, unless you want another Naked Gun series, I mean. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Which 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 Rambo movie are you ready for? I mean, no, no, thank you. Lethal, what was it? Lethal Weapon got a TV show. <laughs> oh <laughs> like... my god! <laughs> Not only did it get a TV show, but then they had to change out lead actors. Yep. I remember that I was like, because I, funny enough, I watched it because it was a one. It was a very fun show to watch. Not great, but fun. Okay. I 
you know, you need shows where you're working and you put something on. And oh, it's we nice definitely to have, have those. Oh, yeah. We <laughs> we have like a series of those that if we're, you know, because we our our businesses are all over the place. We work from home. We work. Uh, we own a thrift shop as well. And we're there. We're all over the place. So there's very often times where we're both sitting on the couch with laptops on our laps working on something and it's too damn quiet. You put something on the TV. Yeah, my bones. Nice. Yeah, bones. It's a lot of bones and criminal minds. And <laughs> oh yeah, criminal minds is my like I can't fall asleep show. And now I'm just gonna watch this because I I specifically have a list of the Matthew Greg Goobler focused episodes <laughs> <laughs> so that I can look for those and watch I love them. him. I love him so much. Him and I Penelope. I, yeah. I think they're all great. I just really actually like his character arcs are actually just yeah. my favorite. So I'm always mm-hmm. like, I'm going to watch these. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like me with the Quark episodes on DS9. Like you always find, you know, the one you want to watch the most. But uh, that for me, it's him and and Penelope. I'm absolutely head over heels in love with Penelope. Oh, my God. It's she's she's and, great. The show is great. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's it was like it, it, it and it's weird because we'll like It'll be a Criminal Minds jag for like a month or two, and then it's Bones, and then somehow we get to NCIS. And that just goes on forever. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense, though. Like, these are all great, because so, Lethal Weapon was kind of in that vein. It was just kind of like a fun show that had, it was going to wrap up neatly, everything was going to work, and there was going to be some interesting character stuff. And I was like, all right, that works for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bone, And yeah, I watch Bones for the same reason. I also... Bones and I took a forensics class. We used to watch Bones and NCIS regularly <laughs> uh, to intentionally pick apart what they were doing wrong. Uh-huh. It was literally like my teacher did not feel like teaching days or she was out. So we would put on them and she'd be like, tell me everything they did wrong yep. uh, at the crime scene or tell me like what's wrong with um, what, like how fast they got their labs or because unfortunately, forensic anthropology isn't terribly accurate. <laughs> um, surprising, yeah. I know. Well, I hard to figure out things about people from their bones. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's also the time thing. A, a good friend of mine from from my teenage years is a uh, state's attorney down here, and he was he had started working for for the state at right when CSI was really at the peak of its pop, and he was like jury trials are such nightmares now because everybody has this expectation that our crime lab is able to you know produce all of this evidence you know quickly and 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 never an issue he's like it doesn't work that way that just you know it takes days like if you need like blood lab results you're like if you rush it you could get it really quick but it's like days (laughs) if not weeks yeah and he was his was like you know one of the things you said, I was like, okay, well, you know, we're, we're asking, like, okay, DNA. He was like, again, this was, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. He's like, listen, DNA takes a bit to get to. And then sometimes you, that sample that you got didn't really have enough material. And he's like, so it's not like I can go, it's a 99.9% match. And, and I remember one day we're sitting there talking about somebody who's like, and he's like, what do you think is like the most reliable thing for, for stuff? I was like, fingerprinting he was he just laughed he was like now fingerprinting he's like yeah it's unique to each person he's like but do you know how we determine 
if the fingerprint is yours, like if the fingerprint matches you, he's like, it's it, it's more art than science. Yeah, it's literally yeah. just like you find, I think it's 14 to 15 points yeah. that you have to match to someone's finger. And that's like mm-hmm. how you can kind of tell that maybe it's theirs. And even yeah. then, statistically, those 14 to 15 points could end up on someone else. Yep. Because, yeah. yes, they're unique, but that uniqueness can't really be determined by like it's a little better with computers but it's still not great <laughs> yeah he i remember he was telling us this he, he was just like he's like so every time he's like we get to one of these trials where we have to you know rely on all this evidence he's like there's a big like caveat i have to give to the jurors that like you know what you see in movies and tv is not the real world no not we have said it <laughs> we have said it many times before that if you have an expertise in something and you go to watch a movie or a TV show that has that something in it, you will have to divorce your brain from what's going on, or there is no way you will be able to enjoy it. I had to do that with SNL the other day. <laughs> they There's a Dan Levy sketch. I love Dan Levy. I love Schitt's Creek. But uh, he's on the Universal Studio backlot tour at Universal Studios uh, Hollywood. And they're telling the different facts, some of which are real. Uh, and I just kept looking at the video and I'm like, you're at the wrong point in the tour to talk about that. Ugh. That's not the car part. You're at the part next. You're next to the clock tower from Back to the Future. You're next to that courtyard. The car part's not for a little bit longer. And then they were like, we're going to King Kong. And I'm like, no, King Kong's before the car part. <laughs> like, I couldn't. I just like the video didn't line up with the sketch. And it was uh-huh. the sketch was hilarious. But at one point, I just had to like not look at it. <laughs> Because it was bothering me too much. <laughs> I can I can completely understand that. I I have done stuff like that myself, where you just you just kind of go no 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 <laughs> can't nope sorry goodbye. I also did this with Sherlock. Uh, I'm an art history major, and there's an entire episode around art. And I think uh... in the in the episode, it was some like there's a galaxy in this painting that means it had to be painted now from our night sky when in the reality like the colors they used didn't exist when the painting was supposed to have existed and i was just like you had a much easier answer <laughs> that you could have gone with it was like the vibe i think it was i'd have to rewatch the episode it's been a few years but it was like the vibrancy of the yellow wouldn't have existed during that era of the I painting and i was just like that episode i you we because we watched sherlock for a bit and that bring, rings a bell for, for an episode I think I remember seeing, but yeah. Yeah, it was in the, I don't remember which season it was in. I just remember being like, it was supposed to be, I think a Vermeer and, or something. And I was just like, this. they couldn't have painted that that way then. And he was like, it was about the galaxy. And I was like, Stephen Moffat, why? But my I will keep my opinions on Stephen Moffat. <laughs> um, <laughs> calm. You are entitled to your opinions. Well, I mean, going back to even Bones, like what the way she uh, psychology, and I'm like, um, you, you know, in the academic world, anthropology is also considered a soft science. Yeah, that was a little frustrating. And also forensic psychology is more useful than forensic anthropology. Right? <laughs> like, it's not, it's still not great because there's a lot of issues that come with it in other ways but uh when we were studying forensics my teacher was basically like forensic anthropology is nonsense Uh like because you can't really tell well a you can't tell a man and a woman's skeleton apart 
you can't really tell how they died or what happened. You can guess. You mm-hmm. it's all guesswork. Mm-hmm. Uh, teeth, you can't really identify teeth to anybody because they're not that unique. Um, like there's a lot of things in there that she's doing that I'm like, it is such guesswork. Uh, it's really neat. It's really interesting, and it's great for uh historical stuff. But it's mm-hmm. not like super accurate to turn into like an actual crime because you can't. They fell and hit their head, or this was damaged from where the body was buried. I don't know. Yeah, like, you can't yeah. really tell. <laughs> There's ten thousand scenarios that could like this one crack in a bone, and you're gonna tell me that because Hodgins swabbed it. <laughs> that he's going to be able to tell the exact region of the yeah yeah <laughs> like and it is true that like people who have broken bones or things like that like they heal differently or fuse different like that yeah. there are things you can see from bones which is why sure. like, they do come in handy but solving the crime i'm like there's a reason all of these departments happen there's a reason it's not just one uh-huh but it makes for blood fun better. tv oh the blood it does it makes super fun tv <laughs> It all makes amazing TV. Like, I don't, I still love these shows. Don't get me wrong. It's just Mm -hmm. funny when I was taking the class and my teacher was just like, and here's why it's all terrible. And I was like, wow. And it was kind of amazing because there were, I think NCIS got more right on average than some of the others. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's still like dramatized, but there was some things like people actually remember to put on gloves when they touch things (laughs) at the crime scene. Right. (laughs) <laughs> I, you know what? There have been a couple times where Kayla and I are watching Bones, or what was the other one we were watching the other day? It was some police thing going on, and it was like, why they they didn't have the gloves on, but they had the glove in hand to wrap around. So it was like, why, why would not you just put the glove just on the when you were when you're walking up instead of walking on? They always the do that. They like loosely grab it. I'm like, just put it on. Just, just. Put the damn glove on. Why is this? Or like, you know, they're they're standing over, you know, badly decomforming, you know, decomposing toxic something or other. No mask. No mask. We have have enough trouble in this day and age with getting people to wear masks, let alone having TV tell us that you can stand over these noxious things with no mask. (laughs) Oh, yeah. My... uh... My teacher was like, you will never forget what that smells like. Because she is actually like, she actually studied this, went to school for it. Like she wasn't just, a, she was teaching, but she'd actually worked in it. And mm-hmm. she went to like, had to go to an autopsy. And she was like, you will never forget it. And she's like, the oil you put under your nose almost makes it worse. Uh-huh. Because they like put an oil to try and hide it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I've worked as a vet tech for a little while, and I was I was training under a vet and like kind of in an apprenticeship, so I got to do kind of the animal side of that a little bit. Um, and yeah, there's even with working with animals, it's the same kind of thing, and it's like that is that is special. <laughs> yeah, I think as a kid, I went through my like I want to be a veterinarian, acting ballerina. You know, I went through that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Of course, and. Vet died pretty quickly in the career because I realized, A, I'm allergic to most things with fur. Oh, and boy. And B, uh, I couldn't handle the the death side. Like, if the animal didn't make it, I would mm-hmm. not be okay. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? Probably for the best, I don't into that field. Yeah. Yeah. You the gotta. Allergy, 
though. <laughs> yeah, the allergies is a tough one, but you really, you have to have a very strong constitution. And I did okay for a while. I was young when I got into it. And I did okay for a while until my first real bad car accident. Oh. The, the first having to deal with an animal that had been in a really bad car accident. And That's really that, bad. Ooh, ooh, that hit hard. And I mean, I had gone through, I had assisted in surgeries. I had assisted in autopsies. I had assisted in births. I had done all sorts of procedures. Like I had done all sorts of stuff and I was doing really good. And I thought, okay, I can do this. And I'm doing it as an apprenticeship. So I'm learning as I go. And I'm going to have, you know, all of this knowledge by the time I get to college and all this stuff. And then that one, that one <laughs> car accident, it was like, nope, 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 nope hard left <laughs> okay different let's reassess and yeah I just I couldn't and now I have such a big squishy heart for everything that no yeah same I'm like <laughs> I see it I there was like a meme going around about how people actually had to raise eggs in uh schools uh -huh. and what they drew a face on them which made them look super cute and the person, I guess at the end of the assignment, it was like to see if you could smash your egg to see if you formed a bond. And I just saw that little egg with a smiling face. And I was like, I couldn't smash it. And I don't even know that egg. Oh, my <laughs> God. No, I remember the egg thing when I was in school, but they didn't make us smash it. That's, yeah, they were like, that's almost cruel. I would literally have just cried if my teacher yeah. tried to make me do that. Oh, no, Absolutely. That, I, I would I would have been in tears as well. I, I went through the I went to, through the veterinary I want to be a veterinarian thing so hard that I like had drawn out a floor plan for my veterinary hospital, Aww. which my mother remarked. She's like, why is the waiting room for the animals bigger than the waiting room for the humans? I was like, because it's about the animals. That's right. Um, and then really? came I came to the realizations why I like, same time, like veterinarian doctor, like I could not get over the like having to tell you know a family that their pet or their loved one was not going to make it or didn't make it mm -hmm. uh, especially because i couldn't save them so i i decided to deal with you know to just nip any sort of god complex in the bud and, and <laughs> steer away from those those fields i mean i think what we really need to do is all start animal daycares yes <laughs> Yes, we play with them and then give them back. That is and my happy and healthy. <laughs> yes, that is my ideal job for a while. I took a job as a groomer for a little while. And groomer is kind of doggy daycare adjacent. Doggy because, spa. Yeah, it is. It's doggy spa. So they drop off their dogs. And you have the dog for sometimes, you know, multiple hours in a day. And they don't always come to get them as soon as they're done being groomed. So you end up at the end of the day, like the daycare teacher that's waiting for the mom that just got off work to come get her kid. <laughs> and you end up sitting in the middle of the floor, surrounded by dogs. It's not a bad thing. I mean, though, I love, I love dogs. I love my dogs. I've had so many, like I've had four dogs now. I have two and I've ha I had two. And I just, I love them. They're perfect. They're precious. And funny enough, my allergies got better when I got to California. So I actually have furry ones, but okay, I used to just have hairless ones. <laughs> I loved my little weirdos, but they were, yeah, they were cute little hairless dogs. And everyone was always like, why do you have hairless dogs? And I'm like, well, I have, when I was at the time as a kid, I had like horrible allergies. 
Like it was bad. And now it's much, much more tolerable. But like there was a time when it was like, I want a dog. And my mom was like, you will, your eyes will swell shut if you have one. (laughs) I'm like, but I want one. Like I've always loved animals. Yeah. And I've, it's it's kind of a correlation, like that Venn diagram of those of us that have wanted to be a vet when we were little and love animals and geeks and people that go to rent fairs. Like we're all the same people. We are. We really are. <laughs> Why is, like, which is, you know what? You know how most of us are good people because we have empathy for animals. Yes. And I, you know, Philip K. Dick, do Android dream of electric sheep? Empathy for animals means you're good. Like that just means you're a good person, clearly. That's, that's also a geek point. <laughs> <laughs> I love I am a big Philip K. Dick fan. Um, but yeah, the whole point of those books is about like empathy and losing empathy mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's they're great. I love it. I love it. I love androids. <laughs> love me the I'm, robots. I'm, if you ask any of my friends, they will tell you that I'm building a robot army. Are you? <laughs> Yes. How do I get in on this? How do I build a robot army? <laughs> you just I started, I started with, you know those little um they like they look like little uh like little caterpillars, like little middle millipedes or whatever, and you turn them on and they just kind of vibrate and they move. And they used to be like they used to be all over like Brookstone and and you know, all these little like tech stores. And sharper image and stuff like that. And then they started making ones that were like little like octopus that would walk and stuff like that. And there were these tiny little robots. Started out with those. And I got into those and people started giving them to me. So then I had a bunch of those. And then somebody gave me like a giant version of it that like shoots discs. <laughs> and okay. it just it just became one of those like if you want to give Kayla something, give her something that's a robot. Um that's amazing. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's several of them that i haven't been able to get because they're just stupid expensive you know there's a lot of, i mean like we have two roombas that's part of my robot army like i mean i i want a roomba i just think they're really cute they are oh my god i want to put eyeballs on them i have not yet put eyeballs on them i saw the other day somebody had stood a skeleton up on top of one. Oh my god and i was like i need to do this now that's amazing. I just I just think they're really cute and they are actually useful. And I don't know. I heard a story once of someone like her Roomba got scared. Like it was like it seemed to short circuit or something during Thunder and she just put it on her lap like she wanted to comfort it. And I was like, that would be me with a Roomba. I would try to comfort it <laughs> if it got scared, even though I don't think it gets scared. It, you know, we anthropomorphize everything these days, so why not? But <laughs> I'm the one that if I kick, if I accidentally kick the Roomba, I will tell it I'm sorry. Oh yeah, like, <laughs> like our Roombas have what names. You're supposed to do yes, yes. Our Roombas have droid names. You know well, what are they? <laughs> so the first one we got uh, was it's they're actually not Roombas. They're like Roomba like devices. They're other companies because Roomba itself is expensive. But anyhow, the first one uh, it was its official name was like Robot Vacuum T two one hundred. So we called it RVT two. That's amazing. I love that. <laughs> and then the second one we got uh, was its official name was like EV something or other. So we just called her EV because it was like Eva. So I love it. I love it. So, so we have RV and Eva. And they, they, that's amazing. What, that's perfect. They're so much fun. And I, I want one for each bedroom. So. I, I support your robot army personally. Yay! <laughs> And, and but I also named 
I named my consoles, so I'm that person. That's nice. that's okay. You know, we we name our cars. We it's it's fine. What are your consoles names? I need to know now. I so the Xbox Series X lets you name it. So I was like, oh my god, yes, it's gonna be C110P because it's a short little stocky boy. So it's Chopper uh, <laughs> from Star Wars Rebels. And then the PS5 does not let you name it. But then I was like, well, now it doesn't have a name, so it's lonely. So it's AP5. <laughs> so it's the boyfriend to my Xbox. That's amazing. I love it. That's what we need, we need to see in the comments to the show, everybody's names for their electronics. You yeah, know. I mean, and your cars. My car yes. was the Normandy. Well, no, one car was the Normandy and one car was ED. So, because I'm a Mass Effect nerd. Okay, that's fair. I, my car's name is Serenity. Oh, perfect, perfect. <laughs> you know, I had a, at one point, I had a, this giant uh, Jimmy, this big old truck, and, and her name was Bertha. I love it. You know? <laughs> Joe's just shaking his head No, over there. no, I've, <laughs> I had, I've had, uh, I had Little Blue. That was my first car. Oh, yeah, your little car. Well, no, no, no. Before the little car, because the little car, the, the Tiburon was 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 Demon. <laughs> because Blue Demon, because you're a because, DePaul graduate. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what, though? I have not named, uh, I have not named the, the, the Volkswagen. You need to name the Volkswagen. I do need to name the Volkswagen. <laughs> You do needs a name now. Yes. Uh, you know what? The, the comments on this should be giving you name suggestions for your Volkswagen. There we go. <laughs> there we go. We're going to let the fans name the Volkswagen. Um, <laughs> no, because I'll get Volksy Volksface or something. I know what the internet does. <laughs> okay. Then you do a Twitter poll of the names you like. <laughs> okay. There you, <laughs> there you go. Okay. That seems a, I guess a I should. A little bit more controlled. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because Bodie McBoatface is a thing. Oh, God. It is. Yes. Um, I wanted to give you a, uh, the the geek points for going over the, uh, the name of the, the robot vacuums. (laughs) Oh, thank you. (laughs) I love their names. That makes me just very happy. (laughs) So I, I also will apologize to him if I bump into him. However, I also do sometimes, uh, berate RV, uh, yeah, well, yeah, RV can be a little dumb sometimes. R- RV, <laughs> RV gets stuck, and I'll move, move her, reset her, and she wands right back up to where she got stuck. <laughs> and it's like, what, what are you doing, RV? What, what are, you, are you even doing? <laughs> the awesome one is that she'll every once in a while she'll be running around, and she will one of the dog's toys will get kind of wrapped up in her but not enough to make her stop just enough to make her like drag the toy along with her and the dog has learned that she can go over and take her toy back from the robots oh. sometimes there's a bit more effort than <laughs> and sometimes rv chases her but <laughs> oh my dogs would hate it they would be like what is i have a little like droid from galaxy's edge and every time I roll it around, they are like, what is that? What are you doing? I hate this thing. Mom, this is not okay. I have they to read. say, I have to say, like, compared, though, to, like, when we would break out, like, the old vacuum, Maya, mm-hmm. Maya's pretty chill with RV. She, you know, if she's, if, if RV 
bumps into her, she'll hop up onto the, onto the ottoman and just kind of uh, glare chill at it. Yeah. <laughs> and and Maya, Maya is the 60 something pound six year old's lab pit mix that we have. Oh. Uh, she's much bigger than that. <laughs> yes. Yes. She's a big girl, but she will still run away if it chases her. But mostly she just gets up high and, and watches it, just like the cats. Yeah. yeah. I was so hoping that we would have a cat that would ride the Roomba, but it hasn't happened yet. That's really disappointing. <laughs> right? Come on, cats. Uh, Get with it. I, I think what we have to do is start putting treats on the on, on the vacuums, and that'll work. Oh, I bet you if it had a treat, Ticker would do it. We have one of our cats is is like, in personality, Garfield reincarnate. <laughs> but he's a Norwegian forest cat. Aww. So, with half a tail so he, he eats pizza and will do anything for a treat and is the laziest fattest thing but instead of being an orange tabby he's a big fluffy gray thing with blue eyes you know but he's he's a big goof we gotta try that now yeah, I, have, I, have, I have i have video of him eating pizza the other night so i might have to start doing i'm gonna start a tigger tiktok page and just see what i can get the cat to do i mean that's kind of like what else is TikTok for? <laughs> like cat yeah. videos. And I mean, there's other, f- actually, I'm not going to lie. TikTok can be very funny and I sometimes mm-hmm. get lost on it. Yes. But cat videos. Yes. <laughs> any of the, any of the uh, animal videos will send me down a rabbit hole of, you know, Oh, what's this next one? What's this next one? Uh, <laughs> especially anybody with the Tarana Turkey. <laughs> a Tarana. A what? That is my favorite word. there's one tiktoker she has some sort of large animal sanctuary whatever and she has uh, a mated pair of emus and the female of the emus is named karen Mm -hmm. and she karen will run out and like hassle her she's Um, vicious and but the woman while she's walking and kind of doing okay you know here we are blah 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 Emu runs at her and she just kind of holds up, like puts up a hand and it stops the emu. And somebody was either stitched or, or duetted it and was like, uh, excuse me, did, did you just like force punch the Tyranoturkey? The Tyranoturkey. Oh, I did see that. I just, that's amazing though. <laughs> I, I don't know how many times I watched that video just because Ty- I couldn't stop laughing over the word Tyranoturkey. Really? <laughs> That's the best thing I've ever heard. And I don't know if I saw specifically that one because I did see someone punch that, yes. but not with Tyranna Turkey, which makes yeah. it 10 times better. Yes. Tyranna Turkey. And then there was somebody else that, that uh, stitched one of her videos that called it a thunder chicken. I love it. Which also made thunder me very chicken. happy. <laughs> oh my God. This is what this we do on this show. Welcome to the Geekiest. This is what we do. <laughs> There was there was points at some point, but now That's we're just it, talking yeah. about Tyranna turkeys and thunder chickens. Exactly. <laughs> because what exactly, this is what quarantine has done to us. And what exactly do we need to do, be able? What sort of licensing do we need to have one in the backyard? Oh, uh, in Florida, probably not much, <laughs> right? <laughs> this is true. I mean, I lived in I lived in Orlando, which mm. is is spread out, but like. There was a guy or a couple, I think, in my neighborhood that owned a tiger. A, like, a, yeah. And, and it was a not like a it's not like a I'm not talking a countryside. I'm talking 
like College Park Orlando, which is like a city, like a proper mm-hmm. city area. So there's no big sprawling space for this tiger to be. It's just in the someone's backyard. <laughs> Awful. Oh my god. I, I, I mean, I, I can't really say too much. I mean, when we opened a thrift store, we got a bunch of like overstock from uh, Hot Topic and Claire's from a guy who had a monkey sanctuary in his backyard. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> uh, capuchin monkeys, to be specific. And he had, uh, I think he had like six or eight, including uh, one that had been in a movie. Oh, boy. Oh, was it one of the ones? Um, so in Wakiva Springs, there were monkeys that uh, got released during the set, in, like the filming of Tarzan, one of the Tarzan movies. So there's just native like wild monkeys. So I wonder if that was no, one. no, 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 uh, no. He, the, the one, the the one he did, the monkey was actually like the star of the movie. Oh, yeah, or you know the co-star with the you know kid. Yeah, and he is retired to Backwoods, Florida. Uh, the backwoods. It was North Miami. Yeah, <laughs> it's never the backwoods. I also. Like, I knew a lady who had a bird sanctuary, which she was actually a really kind and wonderful woman. And if you ever found a bird who was hurt, you took it to the bird lady and she would take care of it and make it better. Aww. Uh, that was actually that she wasn't as crazy as the guy with the tiger, which was walking distance from an elementary school, I might also add. Oh, my God. <laughs> a lot of the parents weren't happy about this. Jesus. They were like, can he... They like tried to report to the city, like, can someone get this tiger out of here? There are children <laughs> who could be eaten by the tiger. <laughs> like, please. Oh a rescue and not the one owned by Carol. What's her face? Carol Baskin. No, no, thank you. Yeah, no, tigers, tigers need to be treated better. Like, they're just can we stop having big cats as pets? Can that not please. be a thing anymore? Please. Listen, when I lived in New York. There is a guy, I think, in Manhattan or Brooklyn who had a tiger in his apartment. Oh, yep. Uh, I mean... Honestly, it sounds like something my uncle would do. (laughs) (laughs) He also... He lived in New York at one point and had a lot of animals. He he basically... He takes care of reptiles a lot. Okay. Uh, He has a lot of... And now he lives in Florida. Of course. (laughs) Well, we got enough... We got room for reptiles. That's... There are several in our house. And to be fair, he would like, he knows how to, he would help with like the Python situation in Southern Florida and stuff. Like, okay. like he's not, it's just also like, why do I know so many people who own weird animals? Well, yeah, yeah. The fair. conversation around the animals in our house always gets interesting too, but we'd, we at least keep it to the legal ones. Well, remember that one pet store uh, had like the prairie dogs and the foxes that you had to have like a class two license to buy or whatever it was like it's ridiculous like who needs why i mean please stop domesticating animals please stop i was like i mean prairie dogs are cute don't get me wrong but yeah they also will tear up your house if they have a a, an inclination to yep that's usually the thing about the like i know people who own who have owned foxes and stuff but like the second they want to they'll destroy Mm -hmm. everything in their path Mm mm-hmm And it's yeah, like they're not actually domestic. No, nope. No, it's, not it's even like, a little. <laughs> yeah. No, that's the thing. It's like just because it's in the pet store doesn't mean it's actually a domesticated animal. You know, it's nope. like the as much as I I, I love the 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 tegus was the tegu that the the, the big lizard. Uh, there's monitors and there's tegus. 
You're talking about the big black one? Yeah. Yeah, those are te- that's a Tegu. Like, as much as, like, that thing seems pretty cool and, you know, I wouldn't mind having a scaly puppy, um, real, realization is, is that's not a dog. <laughs> that's not a domesticated animal. No, I I love big lizards. I think they're great. But yeah, you don't you don't want to own them unless you're prepared for the fact that it's not going to act like what you expect a domesticated animal to act like. Mm-mm. Nope. No, I mean, I mean, I raised rabbits for for a while as a kid, and and even though those are technically domesticated rabbits, they were oh yeah, rabbits, rabbits are kind of terrifying. They can be. <laughs> They really can't be. Have you seen Watership Down? <laughs> or yeah, I'm like Monty Python wasn't too far off. <laughs> no. no, 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 no. We, they, we... they could be rough. Yeah, we had also, two. Oh, ahead. I just geek point to Kayla. I think. Oh, yeah. oh thank you. <laughs> yes, the Watership Down. And geek point to you for Monty Python reference because yeah, <laughs> we must reference Monty at least once. Of um, course. Yeah, we 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 had two rabbits uh, at one point who. We, you had to wear a vulcanized rubber glove to reach into the hutch to get their food bowl out to feed them, because they would attack your hand. Um, and the hutch was not built by Dad, so I will not let Dad take the blame for this. But the hutch that they, we had for them, uh, whoever built it, didn't bother to bend nails that went through. Oh, so, like my older brother, the one time went to pull his hand back pre-rubber glove. Uh, mm. and impaled the top of his hand on a, a really nice rusty nail. Ow. Yeah, Ow. I think that was like Steven's second or third trip to the uh, to the emergency room for a tetanus shot. <laughs> or to the hospital. I shouldn't say the emergency room. It was the hospital because mom worked at the hospital. So it was just Steven's got, Steven got hurt. All right. Let, <laughs> let Dr. O know we're coming in. <laughs> Steven got hurt. I like the way you say it. It's like Steven got hurt again. My older brother was, <laughs> he was not graceful. No, no, I mean, I can relate. I am <laughs> lucky that I've not been hospitalized much or anything, but like, I definitely have a knack for getting scraped up easily. Mm-hmm. It was not uh, my athletic. <laughs> I, I, I was always a very physical kid. I was athletic, but in like odd ways. So I was constantly covered in scrapes and bruises and never knew why. And you'd think when I retired from all of that, that those scrapes and bruises would go. No. I still get them and have no idea why. And I'm not swinging swords anymore. It's, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, swinging swords sounds much more fun. Though. Much more fun. <laughs> like, I admit it, like, I am kind of sad because I have a bunch of friends who LARP and I was like, going to get into LARPing. And now I can't because the world is. And so many of my friends are trained like uh, stunt people and combat specialists. And I'm like, someone teach me how to actually use one of the five lightsabers I own. <laughs> it will happen it will happen we're getting there we're getting there give it another year for things to 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 even out and i i will come teach you classic stage combat footwork and and attacks and parries myself <laughs> i would really really like that i would appreciate it <laughs> absolutely and normally i am back in florida once a year to see like friends and family and like I'm kind of sad that I don't I don't like living there, but I do miss getting to go there. And because I worked at Universal, I still know a bunch of people there, so like I still get free tickets. Oh, lucky you! <laughs> um, that's so, it. So, so this time next year, hopefully, 
everything will have calmed down and we'll do a big geekiest meetup at Universal. <laughs> I'm so down. And I, I can't get like a ton of free tickets, but at least well, get a couple. Well, we, 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 a friend of ours just started working at Universal as well. So, yeah, we've got we've a few got, hookups too. So, we're good. Okay. You better, you better expect a, a message soon. Right. Drew, if you're listening. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, like, they're really, ge- they're really generous. That's like good. The, the free tickets are. Uh, I think by the time I was done there, I had like sixteen. Wow! Like, if you don't, and you, they roll over if you don't use them, and they huh. take a year to expire after you leave. Wow, that's really cool. So you have them for a while, and I think they got upgraded to the three park system, so now they have the water park included. Oh, that's fun. Which, which I saw yeah. just the other day that they have reopened the water park after it had been closed for... Really? Yep. That seems dangerous. Yeah. yeah. That's, that <laughs> worries me a little bit. <laughs> also, reopened it in the winter is the funniest thing to me. <laughs> right? Usually it's closed in the off-season, at least. <laughs> Sorry, my theme park nerdiness is like, yeah, you usually close the water parks in the off-season. God. <laughs> Right. Hello. Uh, oh, so I have I have the puppy in my lap now. So if you hear moaning, she's she she likes to moan into the microphone. So, but here I'll do this. Baby. I will do this real quick. Uh, but, but Daisy, you have to let me actually touch my. There we go. Okay. There she is. Gonna be pupper cam. There's yeah. pupper cam. Oh goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness! This dog's so cute. Yeah, she's she's all gray. She's my sweet girl. Yes, you are. <laughs> she's I did right about now, right about when the time where the conversation is starting to wind down, and I'm gonna need to get into geek news, and I'm gonna need to actually use my computer. She decides to climb in my lap. <laughs> That's always how it goes. Like the, earlier, I had to get into a meeting, and I had both of my dogs in my lap, and I was like, I have to turn on the com- the computer now. <laughs> I need the the meeting, and they were like, "What if we sit right on your arms? Does that help?" <laughs> yep, yep. There we go. She's oh, she's so sweet. I love bugs. Back, back when we used to record in the on the dining room table, we were using a boom mic for a bit, and Maya would come over um, and like put her head in my lap and want attention, and the boom stand was right next to the table there. And she would hit it with her tail, and then I'd go to go to go to like do editing for the episodes, and all of a sudden there'd just be this doom, 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 doom. <laughs> vibration sound through the through the episode, and I'd be like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, I gotta stop her from. Then the cat thought all of the microphones were his personal scratching, rubbing posts. Oh my oh, god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the, the, so then we went to individual mics on boom arms and. Uh, Tigger would walk across the table and just rub against all of the uh, the mic stands. Um, and he di- he didn't particularly like when we had the 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 pop filter covers. Um, so yeah, he was he was a goof. You gonna lick the camera now? Is that what we're doing? Is it okay. <laughs> I love when it, my so my dogs uh, they do this thing where they like scratch at my leg. And I'm like, why? I don't know why their love hurts so much. <laughs> don't know why it involves pain. Yes. Yes, it, like it has will, to. They will scratch me until I put them in my lap. Mm-hmm. 
And they'll be like, let me up. And I'm like, buddy, I gotta do things. <laughs> okay, she's apparently done now. I'm like, Luna, <laughs> Strider, please. Really? Strider? Yeah, yeah, okay. I gotta Strider. All right, that's, yeah, okay. Take your geek right. point. <laughs> yep. Luna Lovegood and Strider, and uh, oh. we probably have a chopper on the way. Oh, really? Yeah, a friend of ours is fostering some puppies, and the same friend who adopted us these puppies. So we're kind of thinking about maybe adopting a third one. And Aww. he's going to be the tiniest of them all, so that's why we kind of think Chopper is the funniest. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's great. Okay. He's such a tiny little baby. They're going to be like, <laughs> Chopper, he's going to be a big lab or a big Rottweiler, and it's going to be a tiny little Chihuahua mix. Yeah. <laughs> I just think that's amusing. That's absolutely... That's that's the way it should be. <laughs> well, um, we should probably uh, make a shift now to to geek news. Geek news. Bum, bum, bum. What you got? You got anything? You want me to go first? Uh, I just have a couple of little things, so I'll go ahead and go first because you usually have more of the cool stuff. Okay. Um, so interesting little article I found. Um. The they've been talking for a while about doing a uh, doing something with Sandman, mm-hmm. uh, and they've been going back and forth. And January thirtieth, um, there's an article that I found after years in development hell. Neil Gaiman's Sandman adaptation is finally pushing forward as a Netflix series. We've known for a while that Tom and I'm always going to mispronounce this name. Strurig. Sturridge, Sturridge, that's it. Um, second names. Uh, we'll be playing the lead role of Morpheus slash Dream. Uh, but now the rest of the cast has been announced, and it includes some familiar faces from Game of Thrones. So, as per Gaiman himself, these are the new cast members of the upcoming Sandman series. Uh, Tom, of course, playing Dream. Um, Gwendolyn Christie is Lucifer. Uh, uh-huh. Vivian, this is another name I can never freaking pronounce. Uh, Achempong, I'm sorry, Vivian, for brutalizing your name. Um, is uh, Lucian. Um, Charles Dance is Roderick Burgess. Uh, Sanjeev's Backscar is Kane. Uh, Asim Chondari is Abel. Uh, and Boyd Holbrook is the uh, the Corellian Cor- English is hard is the Corinthian. Um, that that's some so. really cool, really cool casting, especially uh, the uh, the the gender flips they did. Yeah, yeah, some really interesting gender flips. I love the way they're they're putting this together um, and tapping some Game of Thrones people is fun. Um, uh, Let's see. Other I'm cast members. To see who they cast as Death. Oh yeah, God. yeah. We haven't we haven't seen Death yet, and I have a feeling they're not going to tell us for a bit. You know, I think they might be leaving that one as a surprise. Either they haven't, they probably haven't even cast it yet. But other cast members may not have the same amount of star power as their other co-stars, uh, even Morpheus himself. Um, but I guess that opens up to completely original interpretations of the character. So yeah. Uh, it's going forward, and I'm really excited about it. And the fact that Netflix is behind it really makes me happy. Netflix has, in recent years, really kind of proven that they can open up to alternative entertainment. 
Um, of course, there's still no release date. So, no. but Arthur Darvill as William Shakespeare is pretty great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I there's some him. really, really cool stuff coming up, and I, I love the, the oh the original what, Sandman stuff. What I really like is that Neil Gaiman is you know fully involved in in the process. I think that's that's so important. Yeah, yeah. Anything that he keeps his hands on, it's going to turn out good. So that's that. Uh, Speaking of Game of Thrones. uh, As of January 29th, um, looks like, and this is, I don't know if we've talked about this at all yet, um, but the Game of Thrones animated series? Is it animated? Hold on. All fans are... I didn't read this. I'm sorry. I suck. <laughs> yes, animated. According to Hollywood, The Hollywood Reporter, an animated Game of Thrones series is in early stages of development for HBO Max. For now, multiple meetings have been taking place with several writers, but so far no one has officially signed in or on the project uh, with other proprietary in de- other properties in development. It's very possible that this animated series results to nothing, much like the other Game of Thrones prequels, but it's still being worked on. So I don't know if we had talked about the animated series, but I wanted to just kind of throw that out there that it's in the works. No, I don't think we had. I know, I think a couple of weeks back we had covered that. It seems like that prequel series that's coming out is now it's finally been confirmed that it's going to be uh, their adaptation of the Duncan egg uh, stories that uh, Martin has released uh, in novella forms. Uh, and mm-hmm. comic book forms. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it seems like they're 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 fiddling with Game of Thrones stuff, trying to kind of figure out exactly what niche they want to want to pursue it. Uh, and which you know, hey, if they can do something fun with it, why not? That and you know, give a little bit of time between that last season and and something new to kind of get the. Get the bad taste out of your mouth. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> again, as you and I have always we'll talked about, we're able to enjoy it for, for enjoying its sake. But on the other hand, you know, it did feel rushed. It, you know, things just, there's a lot of, you know, deus ex machina going on. And just, you know, I, I think as a lot of point, people have pointed out, as soon as they left the Martin material, it mm-hmm. it just sort of started sliding. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. This last little piece of fun is actually I'm I'm happy and excited about it. And I think it's pretty cool. Hasbro reveals new retro marble figures. Ooh. Yeah. Hasbro recently announced four new retro figures from the Marble Legends series. Each of these figures is 3.7 inches scale scale figures. That was each of these figures is a 3.7-inch scale figure of an iconic character. <laughs> and they'll be available spring 2021 for $9.99 each. Fans wow. will be, yeah, right? <laughs> Fans will be able to add the Hulk, Carol Danvers, Magneto, and the Human Torch. Each figure will be available in the U.S. at Target in March and then expand to most major retailers in April. So I'm looking here at the pictures and... Yeah, they are really nice renditions of the old figures. And I think that's pretty darn cool. 
cool. Maybe it's just me. No, no. Um, <laughs> Marv, uh, was it, uh, I was going to say Hasbro, but it's Star Wars. Um, they announced uh, not too long ago that they were going to be bringing out um, new version, updated versions of some of the original uh, Star Wars. Um, with I saw the picture for Obi-Wan and for Greedo. Ooh. And and they have, but they but they're more like the modern ones. So they have like I don't know, sixteen points of articulation versus the four. Four. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. So yeah, that's that's really all I had. I'm sure you've got better stuff. Well, as per usual, I uh, I have the sad news to share first. Uh, last week we lost uh, actor Christopher Plummer, mm-hmm. uh, famous. Uh, for Sound of Music and a, uh, a a just laundry list of great movies, great roles. Um, but one for for us uh, geeks, he was General Chang in Star Trek uh, Star Trek Five. No, I always get Star Trek Six: The Undiscovered Country, mm-hmm. um, serving as the uh, chief of staff to Chancellor Gorkon. Uh, very memorable, and he had minimal amount of ridges, um, and he had the metal eye patch. Yes, the riveted on attached to the skull eye patch. Yep. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he. I mean, just kind of like getting into like the 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 last of that old old Hollywood uh, acting uh, group. I mean, but he was. He was working through, you know, 2019. And so, I mean, just the career is, you know, just a testament to his skill. Um, he was 90 years old, uh, 91 years old. Um, and he was wow. set. And in 2021, he was supposed to start playing the lead in a big screen adaptation of Shakespeare's King Lear uh, that was going to be filmed this summer in, in Newfoundland. Holy cow. Yeah. So, uh, you know, just a life to be celebrated and uh, roles that will, you know, outlive us all. Yep, yep. Um, second bit of news. Uh, for those who have not been paying attention to D&D Beyond lately, uh, there's been a kind of minor exodus from D&D Beyond slash fandom. Uh, a couple weeks back, uh, game designer and writer James Hake left. Uh, and then this week it was announced that uh, Todd Kenrick... Uh, who was the creative director, uh, Lauren, uh, I never find her last name, but she's known as Oboe Crazy. Um, she was community moderator. She's a professional oboe player. Um, she's a community moderator and, and contributor. She left. And then D&D Beyond co-founder Adam Bradford announced he will be departing from D&D Beyond fandom. So... A lot of speculation about what's going on there. Um, and Todd Kenrick's departing tweet, uh, he basically was, you know, he thanked D&D Beyond and fandom for their, you know, for, for the chance he had for the last several years. Um, but he was going to be moving forward, making his own content with him, uh, him and his wife doing what they were doing before. Um, and today uh, he launched his own, uh, relaunched a, a, his own YouTube channel. Uh, and the first video is with Joe Magniello doing how to play D&D. Cool. So there's that. Um, you want to hear some news on the D&D movie front? Oh, boy. <laughs> 
I, I, I am so on edge about this movie. So we, we had the news a little while back about Chris Pine uh-huh. joining the cast. Uh-huh. Uh, well, now it's being reported uh, that two more cast members are have, have joined on. Uh, according to the Hollywood Reporter, and I saw uh, Deadline also had it, uh, Justin Smith and Michelle Rodriguez have closed deals to join the film. Okay. Uh, Wild. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, uh, just, uh, Justice Smith, uh, is known for the role in Detective Pikachu and All the Bright Places. He's also has, uh, he will be reprising his role of Franklin Webb in the upcoming Jurassic World Dominion. Um, and Michelle Rodriguez has been in this series of films you might have heard of, The Fast and the Furious. Yeah, that chick. Um, also, Resident Evil, and she was on Lost. So, yeah, it's uh, interesting to see this is starting to build out here. Uh, and, of course, uh, the movie is going to be directed by Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly. Hey, call back to our Bones chat earlier. There we go. And, this is getting uh, weirder and weirder. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. I love her. Michelle Rodriguez. She's Letty. Ooh. Mm. Beautiful. Okay. I, I I just I'm I'm so on edge with this movie. It's just it it's almost like it it just it means so much to the community. I I I don't know if you can do Dungeons and Dragons justice in a movie. I want it to be a series. The thing is, I don't. I've never I've never figured out. I I don't get the idea of Dungeons and Dragons the movie. I'm like fine. Rime of the Frostmaiden the movie. Drist movies. Like, there's right. so much you can do in the universe. Mm-hmm. But, like D and D isn't like whenever someone's like I'm making a Dungeons and Dragons movie, and I'm like, so you're making a fantasy movie? Because like Dungeons and Dragons can be so many different things and so many different stories and so many different worlds. And like, are you Jumanjiing it? Like, what are you? What makes it Dungeons and Dragons the movie and not just a fantasy movie? Yeah, yeah, and I think that's where a lot of people are at with it because Dungeons and Dragons means something a little bit different to each of us. And yeah. it has so many places it can go. You know, how do you just take the the scope of what Dungeons and Dragons is and put it into uh two, three hours on a screen? Yeah. I just I mean, I can think of ways to do it, but not in the sense of like a grand epic fantasy mm. adventure without focusing on one of the pre-told stories or preset characters from one of the novels or something else. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's what, where I, where it's like, I, I really think like there, we really like should have some clarification. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, as you, there's so many properties that fall under the banner of Dungeons and Dragons. And it's like other making a generic story, a generic fantasy story where there might be dragons. <laughs> You know, I saw that movie when I was a kid. It was called Dragon Slayer, and it started starred Peter McNichol. Um, Cake points. Brought to you by Disney. <laughs> and I saw Dragonheart, and I've yeah. seen the Dungeons and Dragons old movies. Yes, uh, that's yes. one for Dragonheart. I was just about to pull out Dragonheart, so definitely a key <laughs> point for that one because you know Sean Connery voicing a dragon is just the shit. Like the movie is wild. It really. Yeah. Is. I'm like, I don't know how this got made, but okay, I'm glad it did. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But- when I was doing Renaissance Fairs, uh, 
I was part of a group called the Knights of Pendragon and our actual, like when we would do our theatrical nightings at the fairs, we used the code from Dragonheart. That's amazing. (laughs) That's perfect. It was amazing. I don't know if I can still recite the whole thing, but I used to be able to. (laughs) I mean, how else are you going to keep the spirit alive? Like you got to, that's a perfect way to do it. There you go. So D and D movie. I, yeah, I, I, I mean, I I would you know make a make a movie from the Drist books, make a movie from the Dragonlance novels, make a movie from any of the any of the novels. Just mm-hmm. yep, any any of the books. There's so many really great stories to be told. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing is, I'm like, there is a great D and D movie. It's called the Lord of the Rings trilogy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> like it's done. <laughs> Except for I want, a wizard. I want a wizard that actually casts spells, okay? <laughs> That's fair, but dungeons if you're going by Dungeons and Dragons, depending on which version you're going by, they're either not powerful enough or too powerful. True story. <laughs> well, since I started with the red box and remember playing wizards with a D4 hit points. There you go. Two first level spells. I've given you a geek point for that before, but I'll give it to you again. And the uh, last bit, uh, well, it's actually the last bit. Um, Sunday, uh, the Sunday preceding the recording of this was uh, there was a there was some sort of sporting event. Um, Okay, this was the Super Bowl. Um, And while I didn't watch the Super Bowl, I was curious to see uh, what trailers were released. Um, And while sadly, I was a little bit too busy today, I did catch the falcon winter soldier trailer uh, yes and okay i'm in uh thank you uh i i really I, like i'm so glad they decided to do a series and not try to jam all that into an hour and a half two hours because just from that 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 trailer like there's more than that much content to go around so um and nicely enough that will the the series will be premiering on Disney Plus on March nineteenth, which for anybody of the Catholic persuasion, that's Saint Joseph's Day. And being that I'm Italian and was raised Catholic, that was always an important day for me. Zeppelis and <laughs> Zeppelis and I, gifts. Uh, I'm very excited because basically this year is going to be we get weeks weekly Marvel shows, and then by mm. fall we should have a bunch of star wars shows yes mm-hmm. like a bunch mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yep. yeah super excited and then you know then throw in some throw in some star trek picard and star trek prodigy later on uh-huh uh, this is literally the year of the geeks absolutely yep. it, it just keeps getting better and better because uh, my last bit is uh today uh monday kevin smith on his youtube channel revealed that the uh, music for his uh, a- his anime series Masters of the Universe Revelation, uh, which will be on Netflix, um, will be the music will be composed by Bear McCreary. Uh, you know, done so much. <laughs> the, the Walking Dead, Battlestar Galactica, uh, pretty much anything you've listened to recently in a movie or TV show, he's probably involved with. Um, but Kevin. Uh, played a first pass of the score for the uh, change scene for from from Prince Adam to He-Man. 
including having uh, Chris Wood delivering the famous by the power of Grayskull, I have the power. My God, it was so good. Um, it, it, it's, I mean, it is really great. Um, if you get a chance, go, go check that out on uh, YouTube. It's on Kevin Smith's channel. And I think uh, you can also get to it if you uh, NX on Netflix. I believe they also had a bit of the video there. Um, and just to remind people, the cast of the upcoming He-Man series, uh, Mark Hamill as Skeletor. Lena Hetty as Evil Lynn. Uh, <laughs> Chris Wood as Prince Adam slash He-Man. Uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar as Tila. Oh, wow. Liam, uh-huh. Liam Cunningham as Man, Man at Arms. Uh, Steven Root as Cringer. Diedrich huh. Bader as King Randor and Trapjaw. Uh, Griffin Newman as Orko. Okay. Tiffany Smith as Andra. Oh, Tiffany. Henry Rollins <laughs> as Triclops. Wait, why? Why not? Because <laughs> why not? Yeah. <laughs> I, I appreciate Henry Rollins a lot. He can't act. <laughs> I appreciate him so much as like a human, <laughs> but his acting. Well, I mean, he's... I saw Johnny Mnemonic. <laughs> I, I I have to say, like most of my exposure to him was his 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 stint on Sons of Anarchy. To be fair, that is much more recent than what I've seen, so <laughs> it's probably uh, better. Alan Oppenheimer as Mossman, uh, Susan Eisenberg as Sorceress. Okay. Uh, Alicia Silverstone as Queen Marlena. Interesting. Justin Long as Roboto. Oh my god. Jason Mewes as Stinkor. Of course. Yep. Phil Lamar as Hero. Yes. <laughs> Tony Todd as Scareglow. Wow. Cree Summer as Priestess. He's really bringing them all in, isn't he? Oh, Kevin Michael Richardson as Beastman. Uh, I can't. This is just. Oh, my God. Kevin Conroy as Merman. That's. I love Kevin Conroy. <laughs> uh, and Harley Quinn Smith as Alina. And of Aww. course, he's got to bring Harley in. That's awesome. That, yeah, so. That is so cool. I want Kevin Smith to be my dad. He's a very nice man. Very I, shy, I, but a very nice man. Have you met him? Yes, I have. I, one, during one of my jobs, he, was, he came in. He wasn't filming with us. He was filming with someone else. But um, I have never seen a Kevin Smith movie. I have only read his comics. So I did not recognize him. I just was uh. like interning and making coffee. And was just kind of like, oh, hello, random guest in our studio. Do you want some coffee? And he was like, uh, no, I'm good. I'm chilling. And he was like, I'm, I'm Kevin, by the way. And I was like, oh, I'm Blythe. And like, we just had like a nice little conversation. It was very pleasant. And then my friend walks in and she's like, that was Kevin Smith. And I was like, it was? <laughs> oh, my <laughs> <I> God. Just, <laughs> I just talked to him. Like, I mean, it was a really pleasant conversation. He was really nice. You know, um, you probably did much better than I would have had because I would have like just <laughs> cried. I would have just. <laughs> I mean, okay. to be fair, like I said, I've read his comics. And I hadn't really seen his face, so I didn't really know what he like. I'd seen him in King of the Nerds before, but he looked. This is a few years later, so he looked really different. Mm-hmm. Um, this was after like some of the weight loss and all the health things, so right. he did not look like the same person. So I was wow. like, I just genuinely did not recognize him wow so two things one geek point 
Seriously. Actually, two things. One geek point. Two, um, I have this list of people who are going to be my my, my future best friends list. <laughs> At the top of the list is Lin Manuel Miranda. Fair. Number two is Kevin Smith. Yeah, I mean he's a lovely, lovely one. Like genuinely, just very, like very nice. He came in so because we were sharing the studio, we were renting the studio space from Greg Grenberg from Heroes. Mm-hmm. and uh he was working with greg so he ended up coming in a few more times after that and i just got to see him around and he was just a nice dude and i was like thank you for being a nice human and then one day he ca- crashed our stream when kevin Pereira was around so it was the two kevin nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my my nerdiness knows no bounds <laughs> uh, and then the, the third thing was going to be almost a year ago a couple weeks will be a year uh, the show took a road trip to Jacksonville because uh, he was doing his uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot road show tour. And uh, we we went and watched the movie and then saw the Q&A. And we were just mesmerized, like being, you know, within, I don't know, 20 feet, 30 feet of him from our seats. Yeah. Yeah, he was he's he's such an incredible speaker. You know, and I just, it's always hysterical because they do the, okay, now it's time for the Q&A and there's three microphones and everyone line up behind the microphones and he gets about four questions in <laughs> because each answer to each question is like an hour long. <laughs> I mean, I get it. Like, it's hard. It's hard to keep it contained, especially when you know so much of the minutia. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes you're like, like, I, I write a lot of uh, gaming news right now for my company and there are times where i'm like trying to remember that i need to keep it brief because they're not gamers they just need to know what's going on and i'm sitting there like well it's popular because of this and this and this and this is why it's a big deal and i and then i'm like oh wow i just wrote like an essay on the fact that the mass and Der- the mass effect legendary edition finally revealed what some of the changes are going to be <laughs> and they don't need to know that they just need to know that people are happy about it or like it or why they're reacting and I'm like, oopsie, <laughs> whoops. I, I I tried to pull. I, I I intentionally did. So there was one one of his Kevin Smith's thing he did where he tried to do a full hour just answering one question. So for our other podcast, our actual play, we started doing these behind the scenes one. And uh, our friend Andy, who is also a co-host on this show. Uh, was the host of that at the time. And it was the first time I was being on the show as the DM being interviewed by myself. And I think I did a 49 minute answer to Andy's one question. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Joe also coincidentally looks a little bit like Kevin Smith. So it gets really interesting sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Time to do a cosplay. I want him to so bad. (laughs) Like when we go back to cons. Listen, Megacon Orlando, when it, whenever it can happen. Hmm. There we go. And uh, what's the Supercon? I think it's Supercon. I don't remember the one. Supercon. Yeah. Supercon's down here for Lauderdale. There's there's going to be a con uh, in Pompano Beach and like next month from and the then Metrocon. Beach. No, it's 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 the guy who used to do Supercon and it's like Super Fan Con or something like that. And it's. Oh. Yeah. Broder. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I used to know the guy who ran the Time Lord seat. Like, I think he passed away, RIP. But I used to know one of the guys who ran. There was a big like Doctor Who convention down in Tampa that he he used to run. I don't remember what it's called. Right now. Uh, uh, Galley? Not not Gall- not Gallifrey. Uh, but it was like a 
Oh my god, I don't remember what he called. But he was he had a band. It was like Ken Spivey band and ran a bunch of the con circuit. But this is my my Florida time. My Florida con knowledge is a little dated because I haven't been there in a while. That's okay. That's <laughs> okay. Um, I had a, a friend who had a, a Doctor Who blog uh, podcast thing, and she used to to go to all of those. Um, so I bet you, if I went back through her old episodes, there would be something on it because she was the uh, the ultimate Doctor Who nerd. There's a very good chance if she's in Florida that she knew some of these people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she was in Florida. She passed away uh, a little over a year ago. Uh, now, um, yeah, which losing people, it's ridiculous. Um, but she, yeah, she knew like everybody on the circuit. Yeah. Then I had a couple of friends. I had a friend who was like one of the biggest Rose cosplayers in Florida. Oh wow! And then uh, it was her, and then w- one friend left, but he was like she and. Her friend who cosplayed nine got into like magazines and stuff for how accurate they were. Very cool. And I was like, dang, I don't know how you do that with cosplay. Like, I love cosplay, but I've never quite grasped how to make it like a thing you get known for. I'm just like, I'll just go with you and dress up. You tell me what group you're doing. and I'll cosplay with you. <laughs> I'm like, you want me to be a cool? I'll be like a femme 10. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Like yeah, I I didn't I didn't understand it for a long time, but I tell you, since doing this show uh, and kind of really letting the geek flag fly, so to speak, um, I you know we've met a few of them and and really kind of seen it. And it is one hell of an art. I I akin it oh, yeah. to kind of being like a it's kind of like being a model, like being a yeah. an an uh, independent model. Yeah, I just never got good at it myself. So it's like I do like <laughs> light cosplays for fun, but. Like one of my friends, another friend of mine was one of the biggest, uh, they're the biggest Sherlock and John cosplayers oh, for wow. a long time. And they uh, actually, I think they proposed, there was a proposal at MetroCon where they were dressed as, I think, Han and Kirk. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, That's awesome. And they're, they're wonderful and lovely people. And the amount of work and effort they put into their prop making, like, they make more accurate props than some of the show props. Yeah. Like, it's wild. There's, they make it like an angel blade from Supernatural that is incredible. And I'm like, how did you get every detail that good? How did mm-hmm. you do it? It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've, I've seen a lot of people who have started out as cosplayers and things like that and making props for cosplayers that have ended up getting recruited into the industry. Oh yeah. Because they get that good. I mean, it's an amazing skill. Like I do, I've done some minor prop making for some of my sets, but I'm not a prop maker, but all the people I know who really do it, I'm like, this is an incredibly, like, this is an awesome thing you can do. And I love it. And I wish I had projects for you to work on and I could hire you because I think you deserve to get recognized for your hard work. Absolutely. That's always my first thought. I'm like, how do I help you do better? How do I help you? <laughs> I do that a lot with the shop. Um, we have a section in uh, our shop is very, very witchy, geeky, nerdy, fun stuff. Um, and we have a section in our shop that's all like local artists. Um, and I'm always looking for like, what can we do to like help the community? What can we do to like bring this artist to light a little more? What can we do to get these people, you know, recognized? And and it's you know, it's one of those things where it's like. You want to make everybody, you want to give everybody that chance. Yeah, 100%. And (laughs) that's really awesome that y'all do that. Like, that's a really cool thing to do with your shop, uh, especially in Miami, because I know there's a lot of artists down there. 
We um, we're in downtown Davie, um, so it's a little bit obscure, but we're trying to trying to get the word out there. Um, my goal is to eventually one day, way in the future, is to have like a like a complex and have a portion of the complex be the thrift and the second hand and and do vintage stuff and all of that, but be able to actually have like a gallery that we that can. Sounds you know, showcase minor artists and, you know, let, you know, people that are just coming up, small businesses, you know, people, local artists and things like that, that would not normally get a chance to do something like that. I love that. And I want you to do it. Gonna uh, work on it. <laughs> I'm like, I fully support this in the robot army. Yes. <laughs> well, and also the doggy daycare. Yes. 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 We'll, we'll have, we'll have a robot army in the gallery. <laughs> What you need to do is have a cafe as part of this, and the cafe yes. can have a little outside area for dogs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our our shop is already very animal friendly, and and originally the idea was is we wanted to have like a little like hookah and tea house Aww. kind of a situation, but a cafe would be awesome. So that's like the expansion program. It'll happen one day. I believe in it. I believe in this. <laughs> and if I can ever come back to Florida, I will try to come see your shop because that sounds amazing. That would be phenomenal. I think, you know, once the world is no longer on fire, as we say almost every episode, we will definitely be making efforts to actually meet people in person. Because I tell you, pretty much every one of our guests, I just want to hug. I like... (laughs) Yeah. A lot of that is, you know, kind of just that you decided to take the time to come talk with us. Uh, yes. And and are doing incredible things and living living your dream. So yeah, you inspire us. No, oh, thank you. Sorry, taking uh, compliments is hard. <laughs> I, under, I totally understand. understand. I understand. We're, we we struggle but with no, that too. Thank you, like thank you for inviting me. Thank you for reaching out and having me. I mean, it's really great that I get to have. I get to do this because, you know, we kind of, I don't know, growing up in Florida, I never thought I'd really get to. So it's every day I'm very thankful for the fact that I do get to do this. And I just kind of never let go of that. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I think about the fact I'm like, there was a girl who lived in Florida for 21 years who kind of thought she would never get to live her dream. And so I'm very, very, very thankful for the fact that I get to do that when most people don't. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And and we appreciate you reaching back to Florida to us to your roots <laughs> that's i i didn't even know like it's a, such a like amazing little coincidence like i mean i grew up there and as much as weird as it gets there's a lot of cool parts that uh, i don't think people mm-hmm. realize yeah there's oh, yeah. a lot of merit to florida yes mm-hmm. yeah we are not all just weird people in wrestling alligators like there's there's definitely more to south florida and i think that's part of why we do what we do is because we like to highlight that there's you know we're here we're here we're cool people and we're here and we have amazing local game stores and we have incredible people that do amazing things and you know yeah yeah world not on fire yeah and there's also a cool like i don't know like one of my favorite places to visit was when i would get to go to casadega like that's like a cool little town yeah, there's so Casadega many cool little places. Awesome. What was that? Sorry. I said, no, Casadega is, is really is cool. I got to, a couple years back, went with my dad. And uh, yeah, just it's one of those places that if you don't know about it, you you would totally miss it. But it is so worth the uh, 
still worth the the the, the stop. Yeah, I think it's I've beautiful. Never been there. I've been to a lot of places, but I don't think I've ever been there. Add that to the list. If you can, it's a it's a neat, weird little town, and it's mostly a town of psychic. Yep. Okay. Uh, cool. And there's a lot of fun little ghost stories, and it's I mean it's also just a gorgeous place. Like it's overgrown and like old homes that are like clearly original and not super like renovated or it's got so much character it's lovely that's very cool that that type of architecture and that that stuff really brings me back i grew up in a house that was built in 1924 dang yeah in south in south florida so it was like one of the first houses built in south florida so that architecture and and kind of that old florida home thing makes me very happy I love it. I'm actually like, I just moved to a house. I haven't lived in a house since I lived in Florida. Oh, uh, congratulations. And, and it's an old, old, like 1906 home. Mm. And I just, I'm like, I love it. Yay. I love this. It's got so much character and quirk. Mm-hmm. Just wood floors? <laughs> oh yeah, real wood floors. Nice. I love that. I love creaky old wood floors. Same. She- I, it's so good. It's so nice. It's I don't get me wrong. Like, there's a lot of modern architecture I like, but there's something really just, I just love the character of old homes. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of attention to detail that you don't see so much anymore. You know, interesting little things, you know, that you don't see. I'd, I'd, until I was probably in my 20s, I didn't know that people didn't have uh, push button lights anymore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, those are not, those are, I've, I see those. I don't, that my home's current house doesn't have them. They they put in regular light switches, but the push button lights are so cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my whole house had them. I thought that it was completely normal. <laughs> it's wild, like <laughs> of the things that we think. I always think about that because every now and then I'm like, I've never heard that before. Like I'll hear like a weird slang or someone will pronounce something a certain way, and I'm just like, whoa! I have never didn't know that was a thing in the U.S. <laughs> Just because I didn't hear it growing up or I didn't see it or it's it's so fascinating because people forget how big the U.S. and how different mm-hmm. every part of it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, even just, you know, the, the kind of family that you come from can completely change your perspective from another person. Joe and I both grew up in South Florida, but we yep. have sat down and talked about just vast differences in how our families worked and, and how our environment was growing up and the houses that we, we were in and things are so very different. And we grew up literally a few miles from each other. Oh, wow. Yeah. Also, Florida yeah. is like, when people are like, Florida is not the South. And I'm like, it depends on where you go. Yeah. Because a lot of Florida culturally is. Yeah. It's very much the South. We always say that because we're like way South Florida. We're like right before Miami. Uh, we always say that we're so far South. It's not South anymore. Yep. Miami, <laughs> I always laugh because I'm like, yeah, Miami's not. But if you just go up to the glades, like, right above that, it's it's swamp backwater, yep. very southern. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. I, and I, it's gorgeous. I I, <laughs> I, I, I I do remember as growing up a kid. So you know, grew up with the pronunciation of Miami, but then you would hear some of the the older politicians down here with Miami, Miami. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh. Uh, so before we get to the <laughs> before we get to the big board with with the points, uh, just wanted to uh, as we're kind of talking about uh, folks we want to support, uh, just wanted to bring up we mentioned them a couple episodes ago. Our friends at the Adventure Game Store uh, and the Adventure Game Society, 
Um, they are trying to keep the Adventure Game Society Cafe up and running. And a way you can help out is to go to their Patreon, which is patreon.com Adventure Game Society. And uh, put down $5, do a $5 subscription and get their monthly Daring Do uh, Daring Do newsletter. The Daring Do newsletter contains all sorts of stuff you can use for various TTRPGs. So um, we yeah, it's really more wanna... than a newsletter. It's a digital magazine. Right. It's a digital magazine. I, I mm-hmm. stand corrected. Um, and it has uh, articles and lore and maps and encounters and we're talking about stuff made by you know people like brian dalrymple and christopher robin neglin and uh eric weiner and i think i, I don't think at this point rich has uh, rich lescaflair has done anything with it but i'm sure he'll get involved sooner or later um so again you know, we want to help out our friendly local game stores that, you know, as the pandemic has been going, they've been, you know, hit pretty hard. So again, it's patreon.com slash adventure game society. It's a five dollar uh, per month and you get access access to their discord. See, and it's not you, just me. Nope. And you get uh, the uh, daring do the journal of the adventure game society and uh on their discord i believe you also have access to the esper genesis uh creators so if you want to get any of your rules questions answered you can do that there so um but we just want to show support and love for our friendly local game store who you know they're hurting right now i, I was thinking this would have been the weekend that they would have hosted the rpg escape um where they bring down such luminaries as ken height darcy ross Hal Mangold, uh, names are slipping my head, but They're cool people, very cool, independent and not quite independent game designers to just, I mean, they, they do, they would do a Q and a panel and then would break out after a short break, break out into some workshops where you are sitting basically knee to knee with, you know, Ken Height, the guy who is responsible for the latest edition of vampire, the masquerade or, uh, Hal Mangold who does you know, all of the layout for Green Ronin and has done, you know, worked on the uh, Song of Ice and Fire uh, tabletop role-playing game. Um, or Darcy Ross, who is just amazing and was with Monty Cook Games. And I can't remember who she's with now, but again, Darcy. yeah, in- incredible minds uh, there to help you improve as a game master, as a want, as a burgeoning game designer. Um, so uh, just the more we can do to help our local folks uh, survive through this, uh, you know, the more likely we will be able to get back to doing the really cool things we were doing before, as Kayla said, the world caught on fire. Support your friendly local gaming store, and moreover, support our friendly local gaming store. Yes. <laughs> All right. Big board time. Big board! Uh, so I think it goes without saying, um, as it very often does with our incredibly cool guests, uh that uh dear Blythe, you are crowned this episode's the geekiest with sixteen points. Oh my. <laughs> and I probably could have given you more. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Uh I like earning geeky points. Just it's arbitrary, but it feels very fun and I like it. <laughs> right? Eventually you're gonna meet other people at cons and they're gonna go, Are you the geekiest? And you're gonna go, I was the geekiest. And we're all yep, gonna know what exactly. we mean. 
I need to know how many B Dave got so that I can brag. <laughs> Ooh, I'll have to go yeah. back through my notes and find out. <laughs> or you can just listen to his episode. That's true. I will give you the listen. No, I was just teasing because uh, I know B Dave. And if oh. I ever do see him in person again and we have a geekiest geek off, well, we need to know. There you go. <laughs> He um, was definitely the geekiest that night. He was a lot of fun to have on. Yeah. Yeah. He knows a sh- he knows a lot. I'm always I'm kind of, there are times where I'm like, "Sir, I didn't even know that." How did yeah. you where? <laughs> and he has he has such a commanding presence. Oh yeah. You know, like we were all just like it was it was, you know, we're all virtual, we're all on Discord, but I could see all of us just kind of, you know, head in hand, just listening, just kind of ah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. Oh yeah uh yeah the, the busy geeks i believe was was his episode so yes yes because he he had a limited amount of time and he kind of popped in for a little bit we talked we laughed we had a good time and then he was out again yeah uh, he's a very very good man yep yes. all right so Dave, what's, what's the rest of the board look like oh you and i are tied for two sweet yeah okay i definitely think y'all deserved more than that <laughs> that's totally okay we get we get absorbed in in talking um and we would much rather give the honor to our guests well i appreciate it but i definitely should have been given some more geek points out because there was some well, good stuff well next time we have you on oh next time yeah well puppy dog eyes emoji <laughs> <laughs> well as well, we- you know we'll have to catch up on the robot army and all the pets exactly yeah. <laughs> we, we have to hear what this chopper is gonna gonna end up being there we go oh yeah <laughs> I'm so, so as the <laughs> so as the geekiest, it is your right, privilege, honor, responsibility uh, to let the folks know where they can find all about you online, or if they want to follow you, or any of that good stuff. Uh, yeah, so I have been Blythe Kala. You can find me across the internet at Twitter, uh, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, all under Blythe Kala ninety three. That's B L Y T H E K A L A nine three. No, the 9-3 is not a reference to my birth year. People always ask me that. It's a reference to a very obscure goth band. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I keep it pretty consistent. Follow me on Twitter. That's where I update the most lately. But I do have some fun projects in the works. I have a Kickstarter that's coming up that I'm working on and budgeting for currently. Uh, I have my Star Wars Silence in the Force actual play on Saturdays at 10 a.m. on it's probably okay twitch it's really great we've had a little bit of a break because i've been moving but it's wonderful and if you want to watch the youtube vod's that's on probably okay games on youtube and i'm also on happy jacks rpg where we do lots of different actual plays i've been in D ones currently i'm in a powered by the apocalypse one for stone top run by emily vanderwerf who is an amazing movie reviewer if you don't know her work you should look it up uh and yeah i think that's I think that's everything wait no i have another podcast coming up eventually if you just follow me on twitter i update everything there i'm i'm much better at promoting my work on twitter <laughs> <laughs> i totally i totally blanked that you were on happy jacks i that was like oh, that's one okay of the, no no but that was like that was one of the first that was one of the podcasts that got me into like listening to podcasts oh they're they're incredible and they're incredibly yeah. kind and wonderful people i love yeah. them <laughs> Yeah, there's seeds. That's why we have to have you on again because there's so much more we can talk about. I mean, we didn't even get into video games or tabletop or 
right? I, like, I mean, world. like, you know, the whole we're going to geek and sundry thing. Like, yeah, we just will have to just have you on again. Yep. <laughs> I would love that. I can tell Yay! you there's a fun call of uh, Trail of Cthulhu from Geek and Sundry. But I will just oh. tease it for now. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next time. <laughs> Jay, where can people find you online? Oh, okay. They can find me on the Twits at Hawk underscore Kayla. They can find me on Instagram at Geekiest Kayla. can find me playing Jade on this production company's Not Safe for Wizards D&D 5th Edition Actual Play podcast. Uh, you can find me uh, at our aforementioned little fun little geeky thrift store in downtown Davie. If you are in the area, please come check it out at 4148 Davie Road. If you are not in the area and you'd like to check out some of our stuff, you can also go to secondhandgoddess.net. Uh, where you can check out our uh, eBay stores as well as our merch and all of that fun stuff. Um, we also have all of the social medias for Secondhand Goddess, uh, including a TikTok. I'm learning how to do those things. Uh, so come and laugh at me there. Um, and for now, that's it. There's some fun stuff in the works. Uh, but not quite there yet. So when those get a little bit further along, we'll make some announcements. Uh, but I think that's it for now. And Joe? Yes? Where can we find you on the internets? Well, you can find me on Twitter at Demorgus. That's D-E-M-O-R-G-U-S. Um, you can find this podcast on social media at The Geekiest Pod. That's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, you can find me as the DM of the Not Safe for Wizards 5th Edition Actual Play Podcast, uh, where I try to weekly find ways to challenge Jade and the rest of the party. Wee. And uh, you can find me occasionally working in the uh, aforementioned Secondhand Goddess. Uh, I think that's it for now with other things maybe happening, hopefully, but uh, that's about it. All right, so we're about a year on to this. Uh, as we keep reminding you, please follow all the social distancing policies. Wear a mask, wash your hands, keep six feet from each other. Did I say wear a mask? Wear a mask. Yes, wear a mask. Over your nose and your mouth. Over your nose. Um, please. As Pete would say, don't be a dick. Yes. Um, this podcast believes that Black Lives Matter, trans rights are human rights, and love is love. We thank you for listening this week, and we look forward to talking to you next week. And as Will would say, Save the world a better place than the way you found it, kids. Hey there, listener. Before we get out of here, just want to uh, ask you to do us a little favor. Um, two little favors. One, if you go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review there. Five stars would be great, but hey, we're leaving that up to you. And second would be share the podcast with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you think would enjoy a deep dive into geek culture. Uh, that would definitely help us. Thanks for listening. The preceding program was brought to you by Armored Bear Productions.